morning, everyone. And welcome to St. George's worship this morning. It's lovely to see you all in this cold, frosty morning. And a very warm welcome to uh, Stuart Stevenson, who is here with us this morning, um, as the family is on holiday again. So welcome, Stuart. It's lovely to have you with us once again. Just a few notices. First of all, for groups that meet in the church halls, there are Christmas trees in the backstage hall that can be, that you can decorate. Okay, so that's for all the groups that meet within the church halls. There are trees there that you can decorate. Next week, can I remind the kip session that right after the service there will be a very short session meeting and it's an important one. Um, Candles by Candlelight, which is next Sunday at 7pm, I hope I've got that time right, yeah. Alan says yeah, 7pm, and it's not tickets but there will be donations for that, and the women's, or sorry, the guild will be having their annual candle service in their church, on the church here on the 6th of December, that's tomorrow at 2pm and I'm sure we'll welcome extra people if you wish to come along. I think that's all the, the notices that we have this morning, so thank you. Well good morning everyone again. It's great to be here back at St George's with you today. Uh, I think the last time I was here was the middle of summer in July. I don't know if you remember that Sunday in particular, it was pocketing down and had to run for cover coming out of the church and run for cover getting back home at the end of the service. But here we are in December and winter and it's beautiful. What a lovely day to return to St George's here in Paisley. A great warm welcome to all who have gathered this morning. We also remember all those who have gathered at the other sanctuary. Uh, I know that the, the service is streamed to the other sanctuary and also to all those who worship online via the online service that you do as well, which is a real blessing and well done to all those who make that possible. Let us pray a wee open prayer before we begin our worship. Loving, powerful, amazing God, from the very beginning you have blessed creation. You have loved and shielded your people through all the joys and trials of life. We come to you this morning rejoicing in the many blessings that you have given to us. We open our hearts this morning to hear your word for us and to gather strength and joy for service in your world. Be with us and bless us today. We pray. Amen. We're going to say the call to worship which you have in your, your uh, order of service there. I'll read a bit and then you read a bit. You all have it, okay? The Lord will fulfill all the promises given to God's people. The days are coming when all shall be revealed. The signs of God's good news are all around us. God will bring to us a new life for all generations. We stand to worship God our opening him. Make way, make way for Christ the King. 
St. George's Paisley is a testament and a witness to you here on earth. And we praise you for it, and we praise you for the privilege and the opportunity to gather here to worship you today. And we thank you in the words that you led us to say whilst you were here with us on earth. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Now. I think I should probably mask up again here because we've got to light the Advent candles and normally I, I, someone would be asked from this, the young church to come and do this but I don't think we're allowed to do that unfortunately so I get all the fun. Sorry? You did it last week? Well whose turn is it this week? That's okay, I should have checked that, shouldn't I? Who would like to do it? Would anybody like to come and light the, the Advent candle? You want to come and do it? Right, you take that. And you pick two of these big red candles. Can you reach up? The, wait a minute, let me see. You have to slide a gun, right? Should I? Is it too, is it too hard? 
Give it a good squeeze. Oh, hang on. Right. You'll get a wee bit of help. And while you're doing that, I'm going to read out what this means for us today. Thank you very much. It's all about preparation today. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So says Isaiah chapter 40 verses 3 to 5. And we're having real technical. I'm glad I'm not doing it. Uh, but uh, oh, there we go. We're, we're there. We've got there. Almost. Yes. Well done. Thank you for your help. Now, whilst I'm here, and, and I, I, I need to be quite close to you because I've got something to show you here on my iPad. Um, to see how smart you are in this church. Um, so let's see if I get this working. Right, you ready? I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to show you some pictures and I want you to tell me what they mean. Do you think you're up to it? Yeah? Watch out. Children are crossing. Would everyone agree with that? We're all agreed. Well, I think you're right, because I don't know the answer. But that, no, that, that's got to, that's right, of course. Self-explanatory, that one, isn't it? Can you all see it? What, what would you do if you saw that sign? Stay away from it. Because it's dangerous, isn't it? Electricity, not good, right? Do you know that one? That's the one that when you're driving around a, a different city or town, uh, my wife is shouting at me, read this sign! <laughs> we are looking for a parking spot. The maximum speed you can go is 60. Is, that, is that correct? I, need to, I really need to consult my highway code. Right. How important a sign is that? Yep. That is a very, very important sign that we have to learn. I don't know where the church sign is for that, but never mind. Right, I'm okay. Now, where would you see a sign like that? It's not so important what's on it. You would see it on a motorway straight up. Absolutely. How important are motorway signs? Again, if my wife was here, she would be... You never read... Anyway, you never read the signs. But, um, yeah, motorway signs are very important, aren't they? And that one, I, I used that one deliberately because I was in Holland once, in ne the Netherlands, and their, their words are all really long and complicated. And their motorway is like eight or ten lanes on each side, uh, and it's scary. And I got all that wrong the days before sat nerves. Now, what about that one? 
it's an Australian road sign. It's uh, what does it say on it? Road train. What's a road train? It's, it's actually a wee bit confusing the term, but I put it in because that's a road train. It's a great big long truck with a series of trailers. And those don't take any prisoners, as they say in Australia, because if you happen to be in the wrong bit of the road, they can't see you and they can't stop. So Australians in the outback need to be very careful when there's road trains around. Now, what about the next one? Now, that one's more difficult to see. No swimming. No swimming warning sign because there's not alligators, crocodiles. All right, now that's something you don't have to worry about too much if you go swimming here up at Loch Lomond, more the cold. But um, yeah, crocodiles are a real danger in some places in Australia. Now that's one, another Australian one, self-explanatory. When flooded, turn around, don't drown. Now, in Australia, that can be really serious because they can get flash floods that can actually be really dangerous. But it really annoys me because, as you know, in Paisley, right along at, at Linwood there, right at the roundabout at the Chrysler Bridge, as I call it, um, that bit floods regularly, and it flooded not that long ago. And it always amazes me the people who think a car is a submarine. And they think they can make it, even though the water's up to here. And they have a go, and they float about for a while before the car gets very, very unwell. So, what about that one? Dog friendly, beware of the owner. Right, that's a funny one. Right. And here we've got a church one. I don't know if you can read that. It's the Cornerstone Baptist Church. You have one new friend request, Jesus, confirm or ignore. So this is how some churches are saying, welcome into our church. And the Good Shepherd Lutheran Church here says, we welcome doubters and strangers as well as believers and friends to seek God here in this place. So nice things to say to get people in church. And the last, no, it's not the last one. God loves you even when you are being a bit of a numpty. <laughs> yeah, some church decided to put that up. But it's a nice, it's a nice thing. God loves us all regardless. And I've included the one sign from the church that I'm normally at, Port Glasgow, Hamilton Bardrainy Church, because they have their sign up to say, here is where the church is. Just like you do here, you have your church sign. And we lit the Advent candles this morning, and they're a sign of what is to come. So what's the Advent candles all about? What are we counting up to? What's, what's happening? How many candles is there? Five, so there's four Advent Sundays, and then Christmas Day. And is Christmas Day good? Yes. Yeah. Bye. You get presents. But it's also because it was the day that Jesus was born in there, and that's what, as Christians, we're here to worship and we're to look forward to it and to tell our pals about it and to enjoy Christmas. So I hope you enjoyed the message this morning, and I hope and I wish you every blessing as you go to your uh, young church after we do the next bit.
Or do you go just now? Or is it through the hymn? After the hymn, I beg your pardon. So we stand to worship God together and we'll sing our uh, hymn, Child in a Manger. Oh, sorry, Christmas is coming. I beg your pardon. Organise the order slightly and ask Stephen to come and do the readings, and then we'll have the the hymn after the readings. If that's okay, thank you. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is taken from Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter thirty-three, reading from verse fourteen to sixteen. The days are coming, says the Lord when I shall bestow on Israel and Judah all the blessings I have promised them. In those days, at that time, I shall make a righteous branch spring from David's line. He will maintain law and justice in the land. In those days, Judah will be kept safe and Jerusalem will live undisturbed. This will be the name given to him, the Lord of Righteousness. The New Testament reading is taken from Luke, Luke chapter 21, reading from verse 25 to 36. Portents will appear in sun and moon and stars. On earth, nations will stand helpless, not knowing which way to turn from the roar and surge of the sea. People will faint with terror at the thoughts of all that is coming upon the world for the celestial powers will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When all this begins to happen, stand upright and hold your heads high, because your liberation is near. He told them a parable. Look at the fig tree, or at any other tree. As soon as it buds, you can see for yourselves that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all this happening, you may know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, the present generation will live to see it all. 
Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be on your guard. Do not let your minds be dulled by dissipation and drunkenness and worldly cares so that the great day catches you suddenly, like a trap. For that day will come on everyone, the whole world over. Be on the alert, praying at all times for strength to pass safely through all that is coming and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. Amen, and may God add his blessings to these readings of his holy word. Thank you, Stephen. I did a wee bit of jiggery-pokery there with the, the order, so we're skipping out Child in a Manger. Apologies for that. And we'll worship God together with um, majesty. Worship his majesty. that um, I've not been in the past very attentive at paying attention to uh, signs, uh, in particular road signs. Uh, back in the days before Satnav, I think you can cast your minds uh, at least that far back ago uh, when you didn't have a wee computerised box of tricks on your dashboard or on your mobile phone that could tell you verbally which way to turn especially when you were going to a new address or some distance in the car. How many times have I went past a motorway slip road that I really needed to take and realised I'd made the mistake and I was now stuck on the motorway for who knows how much longer and how many more miles. And to say that doesn't create a, an atmosphere of stress inside the car would be an understatement. On a long road trip many years ago when the kids were me to France, I remember we, we got kind of lost somewhere around Paris because the road signs just seemed too unintelligible and too numerous for us to make any sense of. And we were going round and round Paris making the same mistake time and time again. It was, it was very frustrating. Years later when I got to go back with a sat-nav, what a difference that that made. I remember, as I said earlier, also going to Rotterdam the first time, and when you get off the ferry at Rotterdam, it's not long before you're on the, the A10 motorway, 
which if you've ever been on it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. 16 lanes uh, on the motorway there, and it's extremely busy, and there's all these signs with obviously long Dutch names, and it is a nightmare if you're trying to circumnavigate uh, uh, the, that, that particular motorway at that time. I don't think there's anyone here who would deny that reading and understanding signs is crucial for our well-being. Signs are so important that they are made big enough, bright enough, and legible enough for everyone to read. Signs are so indispensable, we require them everywhere. When I had to attend the Beatson some years ago, um, I mean, I hate hospitals because I, I really struggle with finding my way around and I hadn't ever been in hospital before. I got my cancer and went to the Beatson and um, it was a nightmare for me because here's signs everywhere. And I always just take the easy route and ask someone, uh, where do I go? Sometimes we can suffer from sign overload, too much information, and we just can't cope with it. Well, that's my excuse. Signs keep us safe, they direct us, they warn us, they protect us. I remember when I was wee at Dorai, where I grew up in Ayrshire, there was a, an electricity substation at the end of the street. And when you're wee, you're curious, and when your parents tell you, don't you dare go near that substation, that just seems like a challenge. And I remember climbing up a tree next to it and climbing then onto the wall of the electrical substation and when I looked in, I saw one of those great big yellow jaggy lightning warning signs and there was a wee matchstick man getting killed at the bottom of it and I thought, okay, parents are right. Time to retreat. Can you imagine driving anywhere nowadays without some sort of sat-nav to guide you? Can you imagine trying to find an address even in Paisley you've never been to before without a sat-nav to guide you? Unless you're one of these really multi-talented folk, like one of my uncles who had an encyclopedic memory for roads in, in, in and around Scotland, uh, you really need that sort of thing nowadays to help you find where you're going. Going back to Brittany, where I went on holiday several times when the kids were wee, <coughs> excuse me, the, the, Brittany, it's like Cornwall, very similar. The, there's wee tiny single track type roads with great big high hedges so you have no visual reference and the road signs are like something out of a previous century they're just wee, wee boards on, on a stick and the point is like pointing all sorts of directions and you just don't know where you're going and I remember thinking do you know we've just driven about 500 miles and it seems that we're taking most of the time in the last five miles to get to where we're going it's very frustrating. Of course, the locals, they wouldn't have an issue because when you're familiar with something, it's not an issue at all. We need signs to keep us on the straight and narrow, as they say. We require signs to protect us from serious harm and fatality. We require them on other things like medicine packets. We require them, obviously, on roads, motorways, buildings, bridges, inside schools, buildings, hospitals so that we need to know where we have to go. But there's other kinds of signs as well, as you know only too well and I've alluded to with myself. We have to be careful and look out for the health signs with our bodies. Men and women have to be aware 
of their health, and I know that I'll be amongst many in here who have had to do so and who have had serious issues. Parents need to keep a careful eye on their kids' health for the same reason. And public health adverts are really important as well. Right now we're getting bombarded with lots of public health adverts for the COVID pandemic situation that we're going through currently. But generally we get warnings about all sorts of things, different types of cancers, etc., etc. It goes on and on. I had an uncle one night who collapsed and died after work, and I was really fond of him. I was absolutely heartbroken when he died. And he'd taken a heart attack, and it turned out that he had ignored some very important signs. He'd had pains in the arm, and he had just brushed it off as if it wasn't important. And it cost him his life because if he had went and seen about it, who knows, he may have had some extra years. So it's very important for us to read the signs. And then in that reading that Stephen read for us, Jesus also talks about the signs, the signs of the times. And he warned us to heed the times, to pay great attention. And he took great care to warn his disciples and all the believers to pay attention Recently, we heard how Jesus warned of the impending doom of Jerusalem in that reading and gave the indicators for them to watch out for. An extra biblical source that was written by a historian called Josephus, he confirmed that the Christians of Jerusalem had paid attention to that warning that Stephen read out and fled the city of Jerusalem just before Titus invaded Jerusalem in 70 AD. And he recorded that reason as an oracle given to them by their saviour, Jesus, who the Jews crucified. So that reading was a very important warning sign. And we know, thanks to that extra biblical source, that many Christians or followers of Jesus, as they were known at the time, paid attention to it. Because Titus pulled up the entire Roman army and laid up siege against Jerusalem. And then inexplicably retreated. And many Jews within the, 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 the complex of Jerusalem thought that God had delivered them from a, a, you know, a, a certain defeat, but were laughing at those who left at that time. But the ones who left at that time were paying attention to the words of Christ. And those who remained, unfortunately, discovered to their horror and terror that uh, Titus would return the following year and then lay siege to Jerusalem, utterly wiping it out and raising it to the ground, as we know from history. How many battles have been won because of surprise? If you have intelligence, you have the advantage. The Battle of Britain air battle was won, from what I understand, because we had air radar developed at the time and it was very advanced for the time. So it gave us an extra piece of intelligence and we could use our few aircraft against the superior numbers of German invading aircraft uh, most effectively. Jesus warns us to be ready. He warns us to be in guard, to pay attention to the signs. And he urges not only the disciples 2,000 years ago to do so, he urges us as Christians today to be ready and to read the signs. He urges us to use our own radar 
so to speak, the Bible, to be aware in advance of what is coming in the future. As we begin this Advent, what better time to remember those Christmas signs that heralded Christ's coming in the world. We know only too well the story from the scriptures about the wise men, the magi, astronomers, whatever you want to call them, who spotted something unusual in the heavens, a strange star. And people were having visions and calling others to repentance at that time from their sins. Others were getting visits from angels. The shepherds were called to witness the birth who attended the birth along with rich men and kings from other countries. The point is only some folks saw the signs. Most did not because either they didn't look for the signs, they didn't look up to the heavens, or because they were too busy with their own lives to pay attention. And we've got to be careful we don't fall into that trap, especially at Christmas, for Christmas is now an extremely commercialized and secularized event in the world's eyes. I'm sure you would agree with me. And there is a real danger as Christians we fall into that trap. Now, it's great to celebrate Christmas in the traditional ways that the, the world does, and I wouldn't decry it for a second, but we have to remember the spiritual significance of Christ coming into the world for us to save us from our sins. And that's the gospel message that we have to try and communicate with our friends, family, and those whom we talk to about Christmas. And it is, of course, what Advent is all about. As I said to the young folk earlier, it's about preparing us to witness Christ's return and to be ready. Now, as I alluded earlier on to the words of Jesus in that reading that Stephen read to us, Jerusalem fell in AD 70, and most biblical scholars would say that was what Jesus was uh, prophesying when he spoke about the signs of the times and the disasters that were going to befall everyone unless they paid attention. And they would know, the believers in the early church would know that Jesus' word was good. And when Jesus said something, it was, it was real. And they would know he meant it. And that's the challenge for us today to remember that. We know Jesus meant what he said. And it is real for us as it is as real for them 2,000 years ago. So we must make time this Christmas, through this Advent, to put Christ at the center of our celebrations, to put Christ at the center of our entire Advent journey, this Advent period. It's easy to let the gospel message get swallowed up in the tinsel and the tree and the lights by the commercial noise that has become Christmas and the way so many people and businesses de-Christianize Christianity and sorry Christmas for them Christmas is an excuse to sell products for people who do not believe in the Lord Jesus it's an excuse for drinking and a time off work for Christians it is the arrival of Christ into the world to share that message with our friends and families is so important. It's our duty indeed as Christians in this country today. That true meaning hasn't stopped being a reality and we have to help make it a reality. 
Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also me be where I am. And those are real words that Jesus said as well. And that's the promise that we have for Advent, that Christ who came is coming back for us. And it would do us all well to remember that and to help communicate that gospel reality in this day and age that we live in. Amen. And we give thanks to the Lord for his word to us today. The choir play the anthem now as the offering is brought forward. Almighty God, you have given each of us gifts to use as members of the body of Christ. Here are our gifts today, the work of our hands, our hearts, and our lives, and the money that we have offered today as a part of our giving of all our lives. And we pray that what we have offered today will help to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the world this Advent, everywhere and at all times. Amen. We continue in our prayers now for others in the world. Let us pray. Father, we are almost frightened to turn on the television or to listen to the radio sometimes because of what we hear in the world. There is so much tragedy. There is so much difficulty in the world. So much poverty and starvation. And sometimes it feels like all of these things weigh us down, that we, we don't even know where to begin and we are lost for words when we pray. And all we can do, Lord, is put it into your hands and ask, Lord, for you to be with all the world's oppressed and vulnerable people, wherever they are, wherever they are, and to be with them and to support them and to support those organizations and charities who do their best to help people in times of great need and want. 
And Lord, only recently we had the COP26 at Glasgow to, dis to decide the, the next steps in the, the battles against climate change and the serious uh, ramifications of ignoring what is taking place in the climate and the environment in the world today. And Lord, we also pray for all those vulnerable communities who, for the climate change has such an impact with flooding and with landslides and with all the tragedies that occur because we don't pay attention to our environmental responsibilities as Christians. And Lord, we also think about all those people who are in fear for their lives from conflict and war, people in the Yemen, people in Syria and in other countries of the world where there is injustice and greed and hate. Lord, we pray for all those who are struggling under those conditions and ask for your blessing upon them today. And Lord, here locally in Scotland, we ask for your blessing upon our people and throughout the United Kingdom that despite this pandemic, that we are reminded of the love of Jesus Christ through this Advent period. And to remember the real reason why we celebrate Christmas and not to let it be caught up in that whole consumer-driven noise that Christmas has become. And help us to remember that it was all about Christ being born into the world. A very simple message for us as Christians to tell others, but the most important message we can ever tell anyone is the gospel message of Christ coming into the world and for what he did for us, giving his life for us on the cross. Lord, in a moment of silent prayer, let each one of us consider a situation or someone of importance or a subject that matters to us in a moment's silence. Lord, we have lifted the names of those near and dear to us or a situation that is affecting us or we're worried about. And Lord, we just thank you that you indeed are the Lord who answers our prayers. We may have mentioned people in our hearts or situations in our hearts. Lord, you will answer our prayers and our concerns and you hear all prayers. You know our needs and concerns before we even ask them. Let us accept the love that you give to us, Lord. Empower us to take that love and use it for good here in Paisley and wider uh, around the country. Let the message of hope and compassion go forth from us today. And once again, let us know fully that you are with us. Amen. Our concluding hymn is What Child Is This? If I've got that right this time. Indeed it is. Let us stand to worship God and sing What Child Is This?
And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful to his work, and he will surely do it. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Thank you.